Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 12, Jolinar's Memories. Woo! This is a good one. I like this episode. It is a good one. Did not remember it at all. Not whatsoever. No? Didn't even remember this one existed. <laughs> wow. So when I saw it, I, you know, it turned out to be a to-be-continued, and I was like, what? So you were surprised at the reveal at the end, then? I was, because I did not remember it at all. Okay. I it's I, I, every time this happens to me, I'm like, damn, I really did watch this, didn't I? I saw the show. Yes, <laughs> you did. I made you watch it, and then you bought the big ass box set all by yourself. So I did. Well, the funny thing is, I think most of it is due to the fact that the first time I watched it, I binged watched like the whole thing all together. So you know, it was yeah. all mushed together. And that's true. I don't remember like any of it. Okay. Which makes me so helpful in this rewatch podcast because it's like I'm watching it for the first time. Well, that is helpful because you got me who knows everything and you who remembers nothing. Oh, and yes, they don't say I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you will know nothing, Rachel. No, uh, you just don't remember anything. So, you know, I think it's good. Yeah. Woohoo! Yin okay. yang. All righty, should we get into it? Let's do. Okay, so this episode originally aired on October 22nd, 1999. It was written by Sonny Wareham and Daniel Stashauer and directed by Peter DeLuise. Yay! And in this episode, Sam's father has been captured on a moon transformed into a literal hell. As no one has ever escaped from hell except for Jolinar, Tok'ra technology is used to access Jolinar's memories from Sam's mind, but not before an old foe shows up to foil the rescue mission. Banana. So this episode opens with an incoming wormhole, and it's the Tok'ra. And so Jack and Sam head down into the gate room to meet them, but unfortunately, Selmak is not with them. This is just Martouf and two others, because it turns out Selmak has been captured by our good buddy, Selkar. Was it weird to you that Jack was the one that gave the okay to open the iris? A little bit. I was like... I guess I, if maybe Hammond was on with the president or something, but... If, is he, like, second in command to be able to give that authority? I don't know. I think he's at least unofficially second in command. I, I believe he's at least the highest-ranking officer, like, below Hammond. So what mm. that means for the actual chain of command within the facility, I don't know. But it's always sort of presented as Jack being second in command to Hammond. All right. Yeah, so. I thought it was a little weird that Hammond was... Maybe this was a week that Hammond was on vacation. Yeah, or they, like, wrote the episode, and, like, we need him to say two lines. Can we just give them to Richard Dean Anderson instead? Because then they don't have to pay Because then they yeah. don't have to pay him. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, so, yeah. So, Sokar has Selmak, and since Sokar is fashioning himself as the devil, uh, Selmak is basically in hell, and as Martouf describes it, it's a place of eternal suffering and damnation from which there is no return as we cut to the opening credits. Interpretive dance here. Yes, and that, that is a very good line to, like, cut to opening credits off, mm-hmm. of, a, off of an opening. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Jack, Sam, and Martouf are walking through the SGC. The other two, Tok'ra, are still just in the gate room? I don't know. Um, as Martouf gives them a brief rundown of the situation. So there's this moon called Natu that orbits Sokar's home planet that has been transformed into a literal hell with like fire and lava and all that good stuff. They can't really say for sure that Selmak is alive, but Martouf does mention that Sokar would rather see his prisoners suffer than just die. So this is going to be like a rescue mission to go get Jacob slash Selmak. Except... According to Martouf, nobody has ever escaped from Natu. No one other than Jolinar. Convenient. How convenient. Yes. Also, how in the world is it that she never told anybody how she escaped? Drama. Does weird things to people. Yeah, but still, if she's the only one to ever... Maybe she should have, like, just written it down. Yeah, maybe just... Read it when I'm not in the room. Yeah. But, you know, talking about how she escaped brings back memories of what happened when she was there. And as we learned, thing, bad things happened when she was there. So hmm. Bad, wrong, terrible things, yes. I don't know. Maybe if she yeah. hadn't died, she would have eventually been able to get around to it. But, uh, you know, don't know. 
But it is a All little right, weird. That, yeah. Lesson learned for you. If you've ever escaped from anywhere, tell someone else how you did it now. You never know. At least write it down just in case. Yes. Yeah. Write it down. Hide it somewhere where people can actually find, but still will find it fun to find a mysterious object. Yes. Yes. Do it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so the rest of SG-1 and General Hammond are now in the briefing room with the Tok'ra, and Daniel, of course, has heard of Natu. He says, Natu is from the Book of Amtot, which it's actually the Book of Amtwat. Like you, He says it as like A-U, but it's U-A in that mm. second syllable, um, which is kind of a how-to guide on passage through the ancient Egyptian otherworld regions. And many of those regions are described as dark places with pits of fire, home to hellish monsters and the damned. Yeah, so it kind of fits with the devil anyway. Yes. Would Would you like some more fun facts about, like, Natu and, like, um, Twat and all that stuff? Would I ever? Yes, please. Okay. So according to an ancient hieroglyphic dictionary by Wallace Budge, Natu with a small n means stream or canal. Natu with a capital N is specifically a river of boiling water or liquid fire in the Duat. And so Duat is the... See, the thing is, ancient Egypt doesn't really have hell like we think hell is, which is why some bits of this episode are really interesting. So for for the ancient Egyptians, after death, you travel through the Duat, which is the underworld, if you will, but it's not necessarily fire and brimstone hell kind of stuff. There are places that aren't great because the Duat is also the the place that Ra travels through at night from like after sunset back to sunrise. The Duat is the region that Ra travels through to get back to sunrise, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really like hell, hell. So you die, you go through the Duat and you meet Osiris. And that's where the whole weighing of the hearts things happens there with Osiris in the Duat. If your heart is light and you're deemed to be good, you get to then move on to like eternal life in the field of reeds. But if your heart is heavy and you know are not good, you basically then die a second death and just don't get to go to the field of reeds. There's not like eternal torment or anything like that. You literally then just cease to exist. You're You're done. You're gone. You're done. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the other cool thing is that the book of Amtuat is actually like online. You can just read the whole thing because it's such an ancient text. It's been translated and is out there. Um, I'll put a link in the. (laughs) No more copyright issues. No, I think think we're we're a little past copyright issues. Um, But um, I'll put a link in the episode notes for this for like the translation that I found. Um, if anybody else is interested in reading through it. Um, and so in that book, the description of Natu is found in the fifth division of the Tuat, which is called Ament. And so this is the actual description from the book of Amtuat of Natu or like this Natu-like region. Behind Can the you cer- read it in an Egyptian accent? No. Okay. Sorry. Fine. Uh, okay. Behind the serpent Tepan are four human bearded heads, each with a mass of fire upon the top of it, which project from the long, narrow lake called Natu. These are called the blazing heads. Along the lake are written in two methods of writing, the gods who are in the Amahet weep when the boat hath passed them by on its way to the Tuat, and the waters which are here are like unto fire to those who are in them. So, right. yeah. yeah. So Natu is like a specific body of water, not necessarily like a whole planet-like place. Mm. But I think I think I think it works for what Sokar's trying to do. For merging yeah. Egyptian with Christian. Yeah. Because also Sokar. like Egyptian Egyptians don't have a devil. Like there are evil gods and goddesses and stuff, but there's no like devil, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like we think there is. So all right, so Martouf adds that all they really know about Natu are the rumors and myths that Sokar himself has spread throughout the galaxy about what this place is. And, like, not even Jolinar would talk about it. She was just found unconscious and adrift in a cargo ship and refused to ever talk about it. So Martouf wants to use one of those memory recall devices on Sam to have her try and retrieve whatever memories she can of Jolinar's time there. And Jack's like, all right, well, if we're going to hell, we're going to need more people. And Martouf is like, that's impossible because we believe Sokar is planning a full-scale attack against the Gould, 
Which my question is, why does Zokar's impending attack on the system lords prevent taking more SG team members? I don't them? know. It's just, no, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Jack, I mean, like Jack says to Hammond, we need to take more people. And Martuf is like, no, you can't. Why? Why? Because it's not in the script. I know. But I was kind of like, like, I get why you can't maybe get more Tok'ra to come help. But SG people should be free to come. But meh. Meh. I guess yeah. not. I don't know. It's not yeah. in the script. Nope. <laughs> and of course, you know, nobody can ever take it back up anywhere. No. Nope. Per the memo. Yep. I'm sure yep. there is one. Do we actually have a memo about taking back up? I'm sure we do. Like eight I of mean, them. Yeah, there's there are several memos about call for backup. Yeah, call yeah. for backup every hour, all the time. Yes. So in addition to breaking Zemak out of hell, they also want to try and find out whatever they can about this potential attack. And Martuf goes, without wanting to sound overly dramatic, the fate of the galaxy may be at stake. I mean, that does sound <laughs> a little overly dramatic. Thanks, Martuf. Mm-hmm. Um but Hammond approves of them going on this mission, so they're going to head out ASAP as long as everyone's aware of, you know, what they'll be getting themselves into. And Jack's like, or Daniel's like, so, like, hell is where we're going. And Jack goes, well, I'm going to end up there sooner or later. Might as well check out the neighborhood, huh? Oh, Jack, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Jack, oh. there, there, there's a lot of good one-liners in this episode, too. I guess There so. are. He's yeah. on his game in this one. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the control room, the gate is dialing the Tokra planet Vorash, where the Teltac, which is the ghoul cargo ship, is waiting to take them to Natu because there's no gate on Natu. And Jack is not happy about that little bit of news because he hates the prizes. And Martu is like, oh, we have a long trip ahead of us. Don't worry, there's plenty of time for me to tell you everything you need to know. And he's like, that, but tell me before we leave, because <laughs> that's still yeah. surprises. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to be stuck on a cargo ship. I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so, but, like, before they head through the gate, Hammond basically, like, orders Sam to bring her dad home. Which, Where like, is home, really? I, yeah, is home with the Toker is home here. I don't which know. Which home where? I don't know. But the fact that he, like, ordered her was like, I get what you're going for, but, like, I, I don't know if that mm-hmm. needs to be an order, really. No. Yeah. No. But you'd think that would be totally something that, like, old military dad who can't be affectionate would say, but that's not what he's like. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was kind of weird. Like, I get that he feels the need to say something, especially since, you know, he and Jacob are friends and everything, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It felt just felt, that, that, that moment just felt a little wonky to me. Yeah, it was wonky. It was. It was. Agreed. So on board the Teltac, it turns out this is the same cargo ship that they found Jolinar in, which is awesome. Still have it. Still works. Still good. Yeah. I mean, it mostly works, but the hyperdrive can only operate at 40% power. So the ship might take a little longer than they were expecting. Totally could have been a perfect place for her to write down what happened and leave it there. Well, she was found unconscious. so. But you don't know how long she was unconscious. No. And we don't know how long she was. something. On the wall, and then just passed out. Yeah, we don't know how long she was conscious before she became unconscious. Yes, we don't know her conscious level. No. Uh, Tilk then asks if there's any sort of stealth capabilities, and Martuf is like, I'm sorry, what? Which this is, you know, in reference to the ship that Eris Bach had, and unfortunately this ship does not have stealth capabilities. Mm-hmm. And the next surprise for Jack is that Tilk won't be going down to the surface of Natu with them. What? <laughs> the only way down is via the escape pods, and there's only four of them. And there's five people Bye. on board. Well, more than five, but there's only four pods. So only Martouf and Sam and Jack and Daniel are going down to the surface of Natu. So Bye. to hell with them. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. bad. Yeah. So uh, Tilk is flying the ship and everybody else is back in the cargo hold. And we get a little more information here from Martuf about when Sokar conquered Delmac, which I first thought was Elf's homeworld, but that's Melmac. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so close. Man, that would have been awesome. Right? That would have been an awesome reference. I know, but it's not. Um, So Delmac is the name of the planet that Natu orbits, and he basically terraformed one of the moons to make it into Natu. 
make it into Nay 2. And the atmosphere is full of barely breathable toxins, and he blasted holes all over the surface to release the molten core. So it just sounds like a real peach of a place to go visit. And also one of those awesome times where you know there were meetings on how to make it look like hell. <laughs> yes. I just, I love that so much whenever these things happen. You know they had to plan like over there, and we want one over here, and we want death destruction over here. My lord, but what if we did something over here with like cages? What do you think about that? Oh, yes, yes, more cages. <laughs> Molten cages? No, no, they have to they have to not be liquid. Oh, okay, we'll just make them. We could maybe make a wall of loft if you're interested in that. Maybe. Ooh, I like you it. Like that? I like where yeah. you're going. Mm, yes, mhm. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> going to make so, me laugh every time. I would, and I never really thought about that until you mentioned it. And I'm like, yeah, who is the gold interior designer? Like, what's going on? <laughs> is there just like one for like all of them, or does like each gold have his own like designer planner person? I don't know. And then like he shows up, and they have like one lava wall and like a cage, and he's like, more, damn it, I want more. <laughs> this isn't what Sokar wants. Now get to it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. Uh, so Martooth then brings out the memory recall device that we first saw in the season two finale out of mind. However, this time they will not be using the holographic display part of the technology as there's no way to like find a specific memory. And so some of Sam's own personal memories might surface as they work through stuff to try and find the nature related memories. Which I thought was actually nice. I know. I was like, oh, that was very considerate, Martu. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So into Jolinar's memories we go. But first, there's a brief stop in one of Sam's. And it's her as a young girl. And whoever they casted this young girl looks so much like Amanda Tapping. It's phenomenal. I know. And when I was a kid, I totally also had her shirt. I think so. I may have, too. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. everybody had that shirt. It was like yeah. an Old Navy or a Gap shirt or something yep. of that nature. Yeah. 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 So she's at home. She looks maybe what, like 14, 15 yeah. ish, something like that. Um, she seems to be baking cookies and Jacob has just come home and is crying. Sam asks where her mom is, but Jacob just keeps crying. So I think we're supposed to infer that this is the day her mother died. Mm-hmm. So which, of course, it brings up like the most traumatic memory first because. Right. Because that's what it does. That's what it does. So Martouf tries to pull her out by asking her to try and remember the last time that Jolinar and Martouf were together. And she does. Uh, she sees it and um, like things start getting a little intimate between them. Yeah. And Jolinar's body, like the former host, she was hot. Yeah. She yeah. Was. yeah. 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 Martouf has a type. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> smart hot women yeah mm-hmm. 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 and uh she mentions or well sam you know mentions how they didn't really talk about what jolinar was about to do but they just stayed up all night together trailing off implying mm-hmm. things and there's kind of an awkward look between everybody else as they realize oh Oh, and okay. Is it interesting to you that at no point in time I'm completely forgetting the um, Gould that Martif is host to? Lantash. Yes, Lantash. At no point in time does Lantash come out. Like it's Martif the whole time. I think Martif might keep Lantash suppressed because he knows SG1 is not comfortable around Lantash. Hmm. Or it's possible Lantash does come out, but we he just doesn't use the voice. Because we, we've seen that they can sort of turn the voice thing off and on. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think just Martuf and Lantash are aware that the humans of Earth are not comfortable around gouldy sounding yeah. people. They know how to read a room. Good. Yeah. At least Martuf does. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yep. So we cut to some time later and everybody's like asleep, just sort of laid out on boxes in the cargo hold. Um, but Sam's awake and wants to try the memory recall thing again. And Martruf like tries to like, she doesn't have to do this. He kind of apologizes because with his past with Jolnar, he's like, I get this is a little weird for you. So you don't have to do this. It's fine. She's like, no, 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 I want to do this. 
So they get back to it and no, get back to the naughty parts. I want to see that again. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't get back to the naughty parts. We go yeah. right to Jolinar being tortured with the ghoul pain stick. Hmm. Yay. And Sam starts like screaming, wakes everybody else up. Martouf turns it off and is like, I'm going to adjust the settings so it's not at full power. It's like, please, thank you. Yes. Ever <laughs> since you told me that that prop is actually like a mustache trimmer, I can't nose, see nose. that. And it's hysterical. Yeah. No, sir. Yeah. No, sir. Trimmer. Yeah. I can't. I know. That. I know. Because <laughs> it, exa- it looks like a nose hair trimmer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she starts to get some flashes again, but nothing about how she escaped. And then it's just, it's gone. So she apologizes for not being able to like recall the information they need. And Martufa is like, you must. And Jack is like, Hey, Marty, come here for a second. And I just, I love how Jack calls him Marty. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, maybe like chill a little bit with this. Like Sam gets how important this is. But Martouf is just worried because if Sam can't remember, he won't let anybody from SG-1 go down to the tr- go down to the surface of Natu with him because he won't be responsible for getting them trapped. He'll just go down himself and somehow communicate the necessary information back up to them. And Jack doesn't like that because he's not going to leave Martouf and Jacob down there to rot. So they're all going. Jolinar escaped once. It can be done again. Mar- Martouf tries to be like, but we don't know. He's like, no, it's been done once. We can do it again. Yeah. End of story. I like there's some line where he says, like, she's not I'm pretty sure she's not going without her father. And like what I wanted him to say was she's not going without her father. I'm not, and and she's not crap. What is the line? Do you remember what he um, says? Um let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Um, um oh he goes, okay. He goes, all right, first of all, Carter's not going to let you go without her. Secondly, I won't let it happen. Thirdly, Jolinar escaped. What I wanted him to say was, um, she's not going to let you go without her. I'm not going to let her go without me. Or, you know, like something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, what he said was close enough, but that I wanted to be like, no, that line would have been awesome. That would be good. I'm done with my rant that I can't remember. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Daniel then sort of goes to talk to Sam to check in how she's doing with this whole thing, which I, I like this scene a lot. I like that we get this moment and I'll have a fun fact at the end that I think might be why this scene is here. Um, uh, and she's just sort of very confused because of like all these memories and thoughts and feelings she has that aren't hers. And she also mentions that the last memory call where we saw this other Gould, um, not so car, but just some other sort of lowly Gould. And it gives Sam like the heebie-jeebies just thinking about him because he did something John R. Yeah. I wonder what that could be. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. So they have now arrived at Natu, and Martouf moves the recall device from Sam's temple to like behind her ear so they can keep it hidden from everybody, but sort of keeps it on a very low setting. So hopefully maybe being there, memories will just start to sort of come back from being in that environment. And Jack gives Sam a gun and Martouf is like, that's not a thing that would happen. Like you can't have a gun, and Jack's like, "Too bad. <laughs> we're we're yep. we're. I'm not going down there without a gun." So it is happening. Yep. Yeah. He then asks how they'll be able to get in touch with Tilk, and Martouf holds up a device and is like, "This should work." Jack is again like, "Should great." Like, <laughs> I love. I it's love like, plan. We think this should work. We hope. We believe. It's like, do do you know? anything or do you just this like wish and why hope? you guys suck this is why you're not winning yeah <laughs> and so daniel looks out the window and is like nature is still very far away and my is like oh don't worry the 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 escape pods launch at a very high speed and he's like that's supposed to make me feel better that's not the problem yeah. <laughs> the speed is the problem but don't worry they're like heat shields and anti-gravity wave generators to slow them down so Right. Awesome. Um, so everybody gets into their little escape pod thingy until gets them ready to go. And they launch. And my question is, there's no straps in there or like seatbelts or anything to like keep them from just bouncing all over the place when they land. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. It's just like a coffin, <laughs> really. Yeah. It was like there's no hand strap, like nothing. No kind of. Know, maybe you're traveling so fast you'd get like 
pulled to the side, like on those carnival rides. Maybe. I don't know. But they have anti-gravity wave generators to slow them down, but then they just slam into the ground. So, I don't know. Magic? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that because everybody's totally fine when they land. Movie magic, we believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we think you'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, as they start their descent, Tilk is, like, sort of testing the radio communications and he, he is able to talk to Jack, but as they get closer and sort of go through more of the atmosphere kind of fritzes out a bit, like, you know, spatial when it returns to earth, like you're in communication for a little while and then there's just like a blackout period. So they get there and they've all kind of landed a little ways apart, but you know, hook up and everybody's fine. And they're in a series of tunnels and Daniel comments that like his lungs are burning, but then the radio does start working again. So great. We can still talk to Tilk until it can talk to us. So good to go. And they come to a split in the tunnels and Sam points out one of them as that, that, that's the way they should go. And she's like, yeah, the memories are starting to come back. Like being here has definitely helped a lot. And so they start heading down and we get this, just this really amazing, just little bit between Daniel and Jack where Daniel goes, is it me or is it actually getting hotter in here? And Jack goes a little both probably. (laughs) Yay. And yes. I like it. Uh, so, question though, yeah. is that like if they just kind of go through some tunnels and eventually end up like smack in the middle of where they're supposed to be, I don't really see how escape was so impossible. Well, because as far as I know, the tunnels just all connect in like underground. There's no way to off know the which planet. And, where and who and what. Oh. Yeah, like which, t- like how did she get out? Like off the moon. Hmm. So the key is getting off the moon. Yes. So they finally make it down to what appears to be the main chamber. And I just like whoever, like whatever the matte painting or rear projections or CGI for like the settings in this episode were, were like, it's great because this place looks like hell. It looks dirty and hot and just not a place you want to be. The gold designer was just amazing. He was. Whoever that was, I mean, props to that guy. Give him a raise. This this is hell. Yes. Literally, I am in hell right now. (laughs) Is what he did. (laughs) He or she. Yes. Just said, I am in hell right now. Yes. So they're then surrounded by a group of the prisoners. And Sam has a little flashback and shouts, Binar. We're here to see Binar. And that's the name of that other gold. Uh, that also, with Sokar. Was, was it part of the plan to just show up and be like, hey, everybody, we're here. We're looking for people. No, I, they had no plan. Their wanna, plan was to find they, Jacob. I want to say that they meant to be more stealthy. I I think so, too, because Jack was like, we can do stealth, like, way back in the beginning in the, in the yeah. briefing room. He's like, we can do stealth. But it's like, yeah, I don't think they really had a plan other than find Jacob. Yeah. Which <laughs> just, it reminds me so much of, uh, the so the Cobra Kai season five trailer just dropped and there's a bit where Johnny and Robbie are in the minivan heading down to Mexico to find Miguel. And Robbie's like, do you have a plan? And Johnny's like, yeah, I'm going to go ask people if they've seen Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a plan, Johnny. <laughs> like, no, I love I... you, Johnny, but sometimes you're just a real big dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, but, so. yeah it's about the same. Yeah, I think I think we're on that yeah. level of plan. Get down there and look. Find Jacob. Mm-hmm. Find Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Binar, they're here to see Binar. And a Jaffa comes forward and asks who they are. And Jack's like, nobody of consequence. Which I think is another Wizard of Oz reference. I believe it sounds like it. Possibly. It's either, it's either Wizard of Oz or Star Wars. Nobody of consequence. I forget. Bing. Something it sounds like more that. Star Wars. Yeah, maybe. Um, but turns out, so this Jaffa is Naonak, the first prime of Binar, Lord of Natu. And fun fact, it's Dion Johnstone again, who we just saw a couple weeks ago in Rules of Engagement. He's what? Appearance. Yay. Yep. And again, they just want to see Binar. But nope, that's not going to happen. Take them to the surface. So Jack pulls out his gun, but he just gets blasted back with a hand device. And so Sam pulls out her gun and starts shooting, but they're very quickly overcome by everybody because they're all just really tall, big buff men who are the prisoners there. Like right, that's, the prisoners. That's where they put them. Yeah, it's like 
why why are you all like look like professional wrestlers like what's going on what did you do <laughs> like where where's all the skinny emaciated people or something they're in a different area i guess so they categorize people by their level of fitness okay to rotate to rotate them and wear them down okay sounds good yeah <laughs> uh so binar's there Sam introduces herself. I'm Samantha Carter, host of Jolinar. He's like, I don't care. Take their weapons and toss them in the pit. And Jack's like, of course, the pit. Because of course there would be a pit. It's hell. There's got to be a pit. Otherwise it's mm-hmm. not hell, right? Yes. Why? Yes. Why would there not be a pit? Yep. So they get sort of, you know, dumped down into what I, I would call a pit. Mm-hmm. And But there's actually kind of like cells down there a little bit. Cell and, pit. Yes. And Daniel mentions the whole thing about how, like, I thought you said there was supposed to, like, not be any weapons here. And Sam mentions that as the leader of this place, Binar is allowed, like, a staff weapon and a hand device. So, but, like, that's it. There should be no other weapons in this place. And Sam seems very sure that Binar is the one who helped Jolinar escape because they, they, well, you you know, they, uh, yeah. They they, They shared a very special hug yes so yes and she's like he made it he may not have helped her like intentionally but he's he's the key to getting out of this place yeah something something yeah Yeah. something's up with binar for sure Mm -hmm. and hey what do you know jacob's like right there five feet away (laughs) i kind of laughed at that for maybe magic of like yes you transform an entire moon and they all get thrown in the same place they all get thrown in the same jail yeah. yeah. And uh, he's he's not doing great. And Selmac is also dying. And Martuth pulls out a vial of liquid that should help Selmac somehow. But they got to get him out of here soon or Selmac will die. And interesting that they actually have medicine. I know. Yeah. Which, I mean, they don't use a sarcophagus. So I guess, you know, medicine, they would have to have some kind of medicine. Something. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. So we get a quick cut back to the cargo ship and Tilk watches a beam of light go from Nay to to Delmac, kind of like the ring transporter beam kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so that beam was apparently Binar going to see Sokar on Delmac. And Binar thanks Sokar for giving him back Jolinar so he can seek his revenge. And Sokar's like, what are you talking about? I know I didn't send you Jolinar. They're, they're intruders. Whoever came with Jolinar and whoever came with her are intruders. And they must be killed after you find out what they want. But, like, but Binar just wants to torture Jolinar. (sighs) So, interesting thing here. If you notice, Sokar's eyes flash, like, red instead of yellow. Yeah, for the devil. Ooh, I didn't know they could control that. Yeah. That was cool. Um, Also, like, none of them are wearing symbols on their heads. Oh. I didn't notice. I'll have to pay attention next week. Yeah. I didn't see, but I do, but his, his like Jaffa design, like is cool. Again, Sokar's got like a top notch designer on, mm-hmm. on I know, right? Yeah. He's very stylish. Yeah. So, but again, Sokar's just like, no, go and torture them, then kill them and get back to me within a day with what you've learned. So. Torture, then kill. Torture them, kill them and tell me what you found out. What, Not like, the other way around. No. Yes. You must torture before killing. Mm-hmm. So Binar heads out, and then Sokar, Sokar orders one of his Jaffa to find the ship that brought them here, because that's the only way they could get there, so find it and get rid of it. So back on Natu, they're talking with Jacob, and we find out that Sokar's fleet is ten times larger than they thought it was, and he's going to be attacking six key system lords, and he is going to win. Oh, man. That's not and, No. And the attack will apparently happen two weeks from the from the time that Jacob was captured, which was four days ago. Question, how do they keep track of time down there? <laughs> That's a very good point. Can Thank you, you for making it for me. I know. Because, yes. <laughs> how do you know it's been four days? All of the things. How do you know it's been four days? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is a day? What is two weeks? <laughs> Yes. How can you tell what time is happening anytime? Yes. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So they call Tilk, and no, unfortunately, they don't know yet how to escape, but there is something they need to tell Tilk to tell the Joker High Council if they're not able to make it out. 
And Naonak comes in and orders Sam to go with her. And Jack, you know, miles off to try and not let that happen. But Sam's like, let me go. If I can, like, if I can get close to Bionar, I might be able to figure out what happened with Jolinar and get us out of here. And you can tell Jack doesn't like it, but she has a point. So, yeah. So in Bionar's chambers, we learn that Bionar lost his eye from Stokar as punishment for what Jolinar did, which, again, okay, I thought this makeup prosthetic thing was good. Did you like his eye with the oozing yeah. pus? Yeah. Like the again. oozing pus was a nice, disgusting touch. Yeah. It's not bad. They, they got better. Yes. <laughs> so he asks, uh, Binar asks Sam, like what happened to Jonar? And Sam tells him that she's dead and then asks why they came here. But before she can answer, we cut back to Jacob and we learn a bit more about Binar and that he regularly reports to Sokar about what's happening on Natu. And that happens by Binar going to Sokar, not Sokar coming here. Unfortunately, Jacob has no idea how he does that. But Jack and Daniel exchange a look like, OK, we, that's going to be the way out. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting to catch on about what may have happened before. Mm-hmm. So Binar and Sam are still squaring off and Binar's like, oh, we captured this Tok'ra. You're probably here for him, right? And Sam, like, doesn't say anything. And Sam mentions that she believes that Binar helped Jalnar escape because he loved her and he just laughs. He's like, nope. And he's just mad because the fact that Jalnar is already dead means he can't kill her himself. And Sam then has a flashback after getting a glimpse of this necklace thing that Binar is wearing. And in the flashback, Jalinar removes the crystal that's in the center of the pendant and places it into a device in this like little alcove in his chambers. And she then moves over to the center of the room and a set of transport rings activate. And Sam looks up and sees basically like where the rings are probably located. And Binar then holds up the hand device so he can kill Sam. She's like, wait! And then Binar gets shot by a staff weapon blast. And he falls down, revealing Naonak. What? What is going on? The first what time. What in the who? So. The whatever. So Sam gets shoved back into the pit. And she tells them how she believes Jalnar escaped with, like, taking the rings to Sokar's palace to then steal a cargo ship. And, like, off she went. And we hear somebody yelling, Binar is dead. And they're all like, what? And so Sam fills them in on the whole thing about how Naonak just shot him. And he's like, I have no idea what's going on. Is he good or evil? We don't know. No. But Jacob is like, the prisoners are just going to riot. So Jack's like, this is probably our chance in the chaos. We should be able to sort of slip through and get out. But they really don't want to go to like Sokar's palace. Don't want to end up there. And Martouf just goes, Tilk and Sam immediately knows what he's talking about. And Jack and Daniel are like, uh, what? Please, please explain. Like we are idiots because just explain. So basically the transport rings work like stargates, but over much shorter distances. The cargo ship also has transport rings. So they believe that if Tilk can use the sensors on the ship to locate the transport rings that are NATO, he can basically fly the ship to intercept the beam and the land on board the cargo ship, not on Delmac in Silcar's palace. Excellent in theory. Let's see if it works. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Tilk is now under attack from some death gliders as Daniel calls him on the radio to, you know, let him know what's going on. But like while Daniel's on the radio, guard comes in and is like, what are you doing? And Daniel's like, I'm just chatting with my friend. And then Martouf tackles the guard Then another one comes in and Sam like kicks him and a third guard comes in and grabs Jack and that guard gets headbutted and then whacked with a shovel. And so they're all out and they grab Jacob and leave the pit. Yeah. Now, you know what? I do have to interject. I actually have this episode on mute while you're, while you're talking. (laughs) Somebody does have a symbol on their head. Okay. But it was the, um, Binar didn't. And so that's what made me think of it. Okay. Well, Binar is a Gould, not a Jaffa. Hmm. So that may be why. Nah. Which I think, I think this is the first time we've actually seen like a subservient Gould. Yeah. Like to another Gould, right? I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen this situation before. Hmm. Which is interesting. Interesting. That's a good point. Hmm. So, um, so Daniel's filling Tilkin on the plan while Tilkin's still trying to get away from the Death Gliders, and Tilk's like, "Got it. I'll be there." 
And so they get to Binar's chambers, but the key is gone. And so Sam shows Martouf where that little crystal key is supposed to go. And he smashes the like wall decorative thing there, statue, sculpture thing. And um, guards are attempting to smash down the door as Martouf basically tries to like hotwire the transport rings, I guess, is what's going on. And like Tilka's trying to outrun the death gliders and there's like, there's a lot of stuff happening and Jack's like, we gotta go. And they're like, I know, but there's things happening. Okay. This this is not easy, what I'm trying to do here. So they've almost got it when Neonax shows up and blasts open the door with his hand device and the guards surround SG-1 to prevent them from leaving as Neonax enters the room and they're like, kneel before Neonax. And he's like, I shall be Neonax no more. The time has come for him to reclaim his real name. He removes his helmet and it's a (gasps) puffet. With a face thing like... Like the Phantom of the Opera yeah. on Habit's face. Yes. Yeah. We get to be continued. <sighs> yeah. Total yes. thing came out of nowhere and I was like, what? Yes. And so I did go back because there was like the thing where Dion Johnstone is Naonak, but this is this is Peter Williams, not Dion Johnstone. So I went back and you can actually hear the difference. That it is like Dion Johnstone at the beginning, because the mm-hmm. voice. Oh. He he's not quite doing Peter Williams's voice, like the accent that Peter Williams has. Yeah. So I don't know. I I forgot. I was gonna. I meant to go see if there were any interviews where he maybe talked about, you know, having to do that, like try and be somebody else, and if he was given any direction to try and, like, mimic Peter Williams's accent at all, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, but it was definitely Dion Johnstone at the beginning. Mm, okay. Then we just get Peter Williams here at the end. And interesting note, if you notice, the opening credits don't mention Peter Williams. He's only in the closing credits. So they did not spoil. They they, they got smart and didn't spoil the episode by putting Peter Williams in the opening credits. So. Oh, because otherwise I'm sure you totally would have known. Yeah. If you were not rewatching. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, look, there, there he there he is. But, be. I mean, he could have been in there for some sort of, like, flashback. Yeah, that's true. But we didn't see him in any flashbacks, so it would have been like, why is he here? What's going on? No, yeah. just saw him in real life. Yes. Yeah, with a half faceplate on. Yes. I don't know if I'm digging his new look, though, with a half it, faceplate. It's interesting. I mean, you know, he's been tortured by Sokar. So, obviously, there's some lingering effects of that. Mm, true, yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay! All right. Um, any memos this week? <laughs> well, I guess we can proceed with the bring back up. Uh, yeah, memos. Okay. Uh, no okay. surprises. I should say. Um, let's all read the manual on what briefings are supposed to be before we leave for the mission. I think that's a good. Uh, one. Okay. <laughs> all right. How about you? Um. I don't know if it falls under that read the manual, but just have a plan other than find the person. Yeah. Have a, have a more detailed plan. Yeah. Get name of gold designer. Get name of gold <laughs> designer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the title this week, I, I that's fairly obvious. John, weird, like, we need Jalnar's memories. To mm-hmm. know what's going on. Proceed, yes. uh, foreign territory, foreign territories. Again, not super awesome this week, except for France, which was les flammes, les flammes de l'enfer, which is the oh. flames of hell. Les flammes de l'enfer. Première partie. Première partie. First part. Part one. Oh. So. Yeah. oh, it actually was called part one. Um, in France, yes. Oh, well, that kind of gave that away. A little bit. Um, so my fun fact for of like for this episode is in in total is this is actually only intended to be one episode, but it ended up being so expensive with I guess all the special effects like of you know Natu and stuff that they decided to split it into two so they could like spread the budget out, and so then dead right 
the, the, the second part of this, the devil, you know, and uh, at that point it was the most expensive two-parter after the uh, pilot children of the gods. Oh, wow. So, well, so you know, hell is expensive. It is. Which is we put I, that in the memo. <laughs> hell is expensive. <laughs> hell is expensive. So, yeah. So I think it's interesting how it got split up because like that scene with Sam and Daniel, if you think about stuff that would have to get taken out to make this into one episode, like that's a scene we probably would have lost, you know, yeah. that like moment between Sam and Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe after, you know, we watch next week, we can sort of maybe revisit this whole, would this even work as just a single episode, like budget issues aside, is this even something that could have been done mm. in one episode? Oh, I like it. Let's do it. Okay. I will, I will try to remember to make a note of that for myself. <laughs> You'll try to remember to make a note? Try to remember to make a note. Well, because I have notes for each episode specifically, so. Can you make a note right now to make a note later? <laughs> um, where can I put that? Um, you know what? I'm going to stick it. Make a, make a note to make an official note. To call gonna... yourself. To leave an alarm. <laughs> Did you ever do that when you had a landline, like call yourself at home to remind yourself to do something when you got home? No, I never. Oh, I used no. to do that all the time. Yeah. Cool. I have made a note to make myself a note. <laughs> make uh, a note to make an official note to call yourself to leave you a message. Yep. To, to text myself. yourself to remind yourself. Yes. <laughs> um so how would you rate this episode yay nay eh what do we think I did like it aside from like tiny things that I thought were just kind of huh really um it was you know I didn't I didn't really find a lot of holes in it so I enjoyed it yeah cool yeah. me too I enjoy this one a lot yeah yeah okay well done, right. writers yes I think I think this is like the only episode these guys have written, which Oh damn, really? Come back. Come back. It's good. Did um, they also write part two? Do we know? You haven't looked um, at it yet. Um I haven't like can tell you if you give me like two seconds. Alright. Right. No, they did oh, not. Yes. Oh, okay. And I won't tell you, I will make you wait to see who wrote next week's episode. Oh, this is going to be fun then. We can tell which one we like better. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, yeah. Who wrote the part one or part two? Yeah. Okay. It'll be fun. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everybody out there for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo SG rewatch. That's W-O-O. SGRewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please, on your podcast listening platform. And we will see you next time for The Devil You Know. Bye. Bye. Drag. This is officially going to be my audition to be a voice recorder, voice actor, voice recorder. <laughs> so this is just ridiculous. I purchased a pizza oven as a gift for someone, and it was um, it was an advanced order. It was supposed to ship in early June, and I have now received an email today letting me know that it's not going to ship until late June. But the apology letter that I received is so fantastic. I must, I must read it out loud. Here we go. It says, Dear Rachel, we believe the most important thing we can ever do as a company is to listen to our customers. We genuinely care about each experience you have with our brand. Since designing our first project in a garage, we've always tried pushing the boundaries of what we're capable of. We passionately believe 
the sooner we can get products into your hands, the sooner you can create good moments and lasting memories with those you care about most. We knew that Pi, Pi is the product, could create just that experience, and we were eager to get it into your backyard as soon as we could. Unfortunately, global supply chain issues have delayed our plans. We're deeply pained by these delays because we know we are letting you down. We sincerely regret to inform you that we will not be able to meet your estimated ship to date of Monday, June 6th. There are still some unknown factors that could influence the updated timeline. However, we are hopeful we can fulfill your pie order from our upcoming shipment, which we expect to arrive approximately on June 25th, 2022. Although we know we can't compensate for your disappointment, we are having a special gift made for you, which we will send your way as soon as it's ready. We hear you, we appreciate you, and we value you. Thank you for being a loyal customer. We're looking forward to getting pie into your hands so you can fire up pizza night as soon as possible. <laughs> I think it just, it's the deeply pained that gets me in that. We know we have disappointed you. We're sorry that, that you is... can't make pizza in your backyard. That's <laughs> one epic apology email I got to say. That is the best delayed shipment email I've ever received in my entire life. That's like frameable. It is. But yeah, bravo. Bravo, Rachel. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. I'm accepting auditions. Okay, bye again.